0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, February 7th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. New data seems to point again to the notion that breakfast is bad for you. And again, that the government's dietary advice is at least highly suspect. Cato's Terence Keeley explains. You advocate uh, for the average person not to eat breakfast. Now, it's not quite that simple. Is that right? It's largely
1: that simple, actually. What I particularly advocate is that people who tell you to eat breakfast should be ignored. If you're one of those people who wakes up in the morning feeling hungry, and if you didn't eat breakfast, you'd be weak, then of course you should eat breakfast. But what I am saying quite strongly is is that if you're told by the cereal companies or the bacon companies or most researchers that breakfast is good for you, you should ignore that advice.
0: You're pointing to some new evidence that indicates that uh, your theory has been, is being vindicated in some way. So what is that?
1: An Australian group have looked at all the major studies that have been performed on breakfast at an epidemiological or public health level over the last few years and they found the evidence is very, very clear. The average person who eats breakfast eats about 270 calories a day more than the average person who doesn't. That means that eating breakfast, on average, increases your energy intake by rather more than 10%. And when you consider that we're living in a world of increasing obesity and overweight, increasing diabetes and pre-diabetes, the eating of breakfast in such a world is a seriously
0: bad thing. For those who aren't aware, who don't uh, engage in science or let alone meta-analyses, what should this tell them?
1: Well, um, the meta-analysis and the science are actually fairly straightforward. What this should tell them is, as I said earlier, unless they're the sort of person who feel bad or weak for not eating breakfast, they shouldn't eat breakfast. That's what it tells them. What's the government's role in this? Well, this is a very interesting question. What is the government's role? And this raises really a fundamental libertarian point. What is the role of government in dietary advice? And it's been, to date, very, very poor. We all know the story of how Senator McGovern and Ansel Keys and the whole business in the 1970s of fat being bad for you and causing heart attacks. And as a consequence of that advice, we were told, for example, to eat unsaturated fats or cis or trans fats, trans fats in particular. Uh, And we were given advice to eat more carbohydrates and more rice and more bread, all of which we now know was very bad advice. So the role of the government in the past in dietary advice has been very poor. And we now know that the carbohydrates that we were told to eat by the government and the trans fats we were told to eat by the government actually harm us. When it comes to breakfast, the question is what is the role of the government if all of industry, all the cereal manufacturers and all the egg and bacon manufacturers are telling you to eat breakfast? What is the role of government? A libertarian would say that It's for the individual to make a free choice, and the last thing we want is for government yet again to blunder into an area where they may well get it wrong. So let me say there are two things here that are very clear. First, it is absolutely not the role of the government to allow itself to be influenced by the food manufacturers. There's far too much evidence that the Department of Agriculture and other senior ministerial offices and agencies of the government, listen to the food producers, and try to produce advice that is beneficial to the food producers. This should absolutely stop. If the government's gonna do anything in food, it should be completely independent of the food manufacturers. Secondly, the question then becomes, well, what is the role of government? And I would say it should be limited. However, there is no question That the food manufacturers exercise huge power through advertising. So, if the government were to fund science solely for the purpose of uncovering the truth dispassionately, I don't think many people would disagree with that. I don't even think libertarians would disagree with that. So, I would say the role of government should be limited if there is a role of government, and I still think this is. Questionable, but if there is a role of government, it is limited only to funding completely independent scientists to try to produce independent knowledge, and it should stop there.
0: How does the fact that the government issues dietary advice, how does that impact the nature of uh, research, and why are we just now getting to this point where we understand that – Despite uh, decades of advice from the government and from researchers that breakfast is good for you and that you should eat it, why are we just now getting to the point where we understand that that is likely not true?
1: Because there has been a systematic misunderstanding of the evidence. So, for example, if you look at the population, you'll find that in the main, people who eat breakfast are thinner than people who skip breakfast. Let me say that again because it may sound the exact opposite of what we've just been saying. People who eat breakfast are thinner than people who skip breakfast. This has been the data that for the last 30 or 40 years has been seized upon by the food manufacturers and their allies in the universities, many of whom are funded by the food manufacturers. As evidence that eating breakfast, therefore, must be good for you. And they've come up with theories that eating breakfast somehow must make you thinner. Perhaps it makes you less hungry at lunchtime. It is a complete misunderstanding of the evidence. The evidence goes exactly the other way around. People who are overweight respond by skipping breakfast because they're trying to lose weight. People who are thin feel they have permission to eat breakfast and they eat big breakfast because they're thin. And so what has happened, and it is a bizarre story, is that for over 30 or 40 years, people have deliberately or perhaps accidentally, but in any case, quite consciously, misrepresented the evidence as reporting one thing when it means the exact opposite. And there is another major piece of science that is confusing here and one has to deal with this topic delicately because one doesn't want to embarrass anyone, but there is the matter of social class. The harsh reality is that people who are less privileged in this world tend to be bigger. They also tend to lead more chaotic and disorganized lives, so they tend to skip breakfast anyway. They also tend to smoke. They also tend to lose their virginities earlier than other people. There is a group of people towards the bottom of society who tend to eat fast food, they tend to be fat, they tend to smoke, they tend to skip breakfast. And all this data has been used by scientists who want to prove, inverted commas, that breakfast is good for you, to say, look, here is a group of people, they skip breakfast, and they're unhealthy. What these scientists have not been honest about is to say, yes, they skip breakfast, But they also smoke and they also eat fast food, and that's got nothing to do with skipping breakfast. Skipping breakfast hasn't made them fat. It's the other parts of their lives that have made them fat. The point of this story is this. Public health is very, very complicated. The issues, the cause and effects are very complicated. And the only way truth will emerge is if the scientists engaged in trying to work out the truth are committed to the truth. The truth. What happens when the scientific community in the whole area of science such as breakfast, which is a huge area of science by the way, there are hundreds of papers in breakfast because it's one of the three meals of the day and we're living in a world of huge obesity. What happens if almost every scientist in that field is funded by the food manufacturers? What you then get is a huge distortion of that field and it's very unfair on the general public who are not in a position to work out what science to believe or not. Ideally, you would get the civic society in the form of Bill Gates or one of these other huge charities coming in and stepping in to provide dispassionate truth, and that we should encourage. But if that doesn't happen, then we do need the government as a neutral umpire to fund science solely for the purpose of finding truth. But the tragedy of most government funded science today is either explicitly or implicitly its funding in support of industry. And so, because no one wants to offend the food manufacturers, the Secretary for Agriculture doesn't want to get rude emails in the morning. And so, the result is that government has made things worse too often by supporting the science of the food manufacturers rather than
0: challenging them openly. Terence Keely is a visiting senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.